Hey y'all, we're back. Episode forty-one, baby. Four one one. Woo woo. Four one. I'm glad that wasn't my responsibility because I was about to shout out the wrong ass number. <laughs> Which number was you about to say? I, I was gonna say forty-three or forty-seven. Well, 43, that would have been closer. (laughs) Anyway, we're back. We're going to talk to a very special guest today. Yay. Our hostess with the bostess. But first, let's get into the STEM news, Elena. So this article that I found, um, I absolutely loved it. It's from the Harvard Business Review. Um, It's from 2018, so it's a little old, but it's still very relevant. Um, It's interviews with 59 Black female executives, um, and they explore intersectional uh, invisibility and strategies to overcome it. So it's like talking a little bit about the um, various, I guess I would say diversity at different companies and yeah um just kind of like how they got into leadership how they recommend um excelling and being successful in leadership so i thought that was awesome um so like a little it's like a it's a, i would say it's like a whole bunch but it's a lot and i feel like i wouldn't even do it justice if i just read like a little blurb because i feel like if i read like a little blurb then i would have to keep going I was about to ask, like, like, what were some of the things that you took away from the article? Um, let's see. I guess one of the real uh, things that, like, I try to work on and I felt good that other people were talking about it, it was they talked about gaining self-awareness. And I mm-hmm. think that's a lot of things, like, a lot that people, like, lack on. And I don't know if y'all, like, watch Insecure or not, but, like, th- I feel like that's one of, like, the major issues with like some of the characters on the show is like they aren't self-aware so they have this image like that they want or that they they, uh see themselves in Mm -hmm. but like not knowing like this is really a strength this is a weakness or like this relationship or how do I have this conversation with this person um and they just kind of talked about that so that was kind of like a good part for me but like I said, it's a lot of gems in the article. So we'll definitely make sure it gets posted. Um, but like I said, it's from the uh, Harvard Business Review. And I think you all will love it. Man, HBR can definitely like kick rocks, bro. Because I had to buy <laughs> some articles from them. And I'm like, why are y'all charging so much? Everybody it's- in that charging for the like, just to read the news. It's like, oh my God, y'all couldn't have came up with a better monetization. Bruh. Model, like it's so many other things you could do. Bro, I only needed the article for like a week and I had to pay like I think like ten dollars or some stupid shit. I'm like, you know what? Somebody could have verbally told it to me and I would have been <laughs> fine for ten okay. fucking dollars. But oh my oh, god. Man. Like, I don't even need the whole article. Just give me like a little paragraph that I can insert in this paper. So it made it look like I read this whole thing. Right. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, no, seriously. So on Insecure, though, I've been trying to like catch up. I'm still on season one. So like, <laughs> I'm somebody trying. was just trying to tell me that I need to watch that show. Mm-hmm. It is really good. And it stresses me out, though, because that's the thing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, because I know somebody like that or I know myself. And like I feel that. like that's like, what oh. makes it good is because it's really relatable. And I definitely think it's relatable to us because the character aspect of it, where it's like traditionally um, like how black people are depicted in shows, they make it like as to me, I feel like they make the characters be like struggle characters, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like you grew up like in this broken home or you were extremely poor or it's like, you know, like it's like a really harsh story for them to be like, well, look where I am now. Where it's like in Insecure, they just like, and they, you know, late just 20s and 30s and, and they just trying to figure out shit like yeah. like oh, me and my friend is like having a rough patch like how do we deal with this or like my boyfriend is a bum like <laughs> like you're not really like, like a bad guy but it's like how do I deal with because I just want you to do a little bit more mm-hmm. I watched like a handful of episodes but I watched them with my ex and it was just, it was annoying like 
the the comments he was making, I was just like, no, you don't get it. Oh, no. no. That shit oh, no. definitely reveals oh, no. you cannot, oh, no. like, fuck with at and all. And then after that, I was just like, uh, like, and I don't know. For me, hashtag relatable is too close to home. Like, I just prefer escapism right. in my media. <laughs> escapism or, like, murder crime or some shit. Mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. already, already happened. Here's how we broke the shit down. You know, shit like that. That's cool. But, you know, Oh, they're struggling. They don't know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing either. So I, I can't. I fucking can't. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that, yeah, that's. I'm like Kayla. That stresses me out. Like insecure. Like, uh, like the music alone be having me. Like I, I can't. Every year, me and Richard wait for like the end of season when they release like the soundtrack and like mm-hmm. the track list on title. Like just title. No, I mean I don't know if other platforms have it, but they usually release as a playlist. And because the music is so good, I hate you. Kayla. I, I put my pinky up. She bougie as fuck. So I don't know what them other peasant ass platforms be doing, but title will be on it, like bruh. No, but I mean, was that episode, and it's never gonna die. Shit, it was like single digit, probably. Yeah, yeah, that was earlier shit. Damn. If y'all want to know what the episode is, go back and watch Title Bougie. <laughs> no, wait, listen to listen to Title Bougie. Yeah. I don't know what episode number it is. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> so are we ready? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. So like Kayla said, our guest today is Jessica. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here trying to Google on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> um so like our previous episodes with myself and Kayla um we thought this would be a good opportunity to get you all to I guess learn a little bit about us um what we do and I guess our unique uh aspects of life mm. okay. so Jessica yeah where are you from? And tell us a little about your STEM background. Uh, so, you know, I'm from the West Side. Whoop, whoop, all that. Shut up, Kayla. Um, Detroit, Michigan. Um, my STEM background. So I was like that kid. Okay. The earliest, like, nerdiest thing I can remember doing is my dad gave me an algebra book and I was like five. And my little ass was up here trying to copy shit down out the book. I didn't know what none of the symbols meant. And I was just like, I'm like, huh. I remember looking at it and it was like, this is a foreign language, but that did not like scare me or anything. It was just like, hmm, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always been into math and science, especially math. Um, you know, we used to play the, the 24 game and uh, we had academic games and all that kind of stuff when when we were coming up. So um, I felt like there was a lot of good work being done in Detroit public schools around that time. And then I got to high school and uh, I got into music and I still kind of like, I always loved math, but when I went to school, like when I went to college, I had no idea what I was supposed to do with math. People were like, you could be a math teacher. And I swear to y'all, like I tell this story, I'm like, that's the only thing I knew I could do. Mm. Why is that the go-to? Like, when girls are good at math or, like, science, they be like, you could be a science teacher. You could be a math teacher. And it's like, but I hate children. Oh, right. Dear. I don't want to teach. And it's not even like, they can say, like, you could be a math professor. They didn't say, they didn't say you could be a math nothing else. You know, like, you really genuinely don't know. Wow. That was a lot. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Y'all know I'm down by the river now. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, that just, I don't know. It just, it blew me. I met Elena and some other people from Nesby after I crossed um, at our school. And that's when I got into engineering. And I switched from uh, being a music major for like three years to becoming an engineering major. And yeah, that was like my final real like major shift to kind of get me on the path that I'm on now um but and then I guess I could go deeper on the other things but right now I'm a software engineer there's a gap in there uh (laughs) that I guess I don't know if y'all want to end up talking about that but yeah I'm a software engineer I work for a company where uh we do connected vehicles not autonomous vehicles connected vehicles it's like (laughs) internet of things connecting your your car to the internet Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on the team where we actually 
interact directly with the vehicles, like connecting the vehicles to our platform. So um, I've been doing software for like four years now. Um, and I started out just making websites and kind of just continue to grow and learn and try to consume as much as I could. And now I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing with my life. Okay, so I got a question. So how many programming languages, like, do you know, like, you could you could code in a little bit or, like, you're proficient as fuck? Um, let's see, Java, JavaScript, mm-hmm. Ruby, Python, um, PHP. What? what HTML what, what and CSS. PHP is, like, a back-end language. Ooh, so maybe uh. hardcore back-end languages, maybe about, like, five. Mm-hmm. You 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 kind of gotta dip dip and dabble because <laughs> I'm like oh. PHP. I swear, like every time I'm like looking up like different coding languages and shit like that, it's some new ass shit, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so yeah, like, oh my god, that's so the best deep. part and the worst part about being in programming. Like mm-hmm. your life is constantly changing, and your brain has to be a part of that process. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would you say is your favorite language right now? JavaScript is my favorite language of all mm-hmm. time. Uh, but I write Java for work. Java and JavaScript are not the same thing, y'all. Because some people, they're going to be like, yeah, she said Java. Oh, yeah, she said JavaScript. Two different languages. Both of them I'm very familiar with. I hate Java, but I write Java at work. So, <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it works. The shit you hate is the one you get stuck with. Mm-hmm. Trash. Ugh. So my thought, um, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Um, how was it, I guess, switching or deciding to switch your major after three years? Um, it was stressful more than anything else. Like, I think that logically it made sense to me. I was studying music. I wasn't even passionate about it. Like, I was getting by on talent because I could pick up music very fast mm-hmm. and I wasn't practicing, like, I wasn't doing anything that I was supposed to do to, like, become successful. So I knew that my heart really wasn't in it. And I'm looking at all the people around me, like, these people really, like, care, really be in the practice rooms all the time, really, like, living this lifestyle. So um, that's when I started, like, kind of trying to look for something else. Um, And I had already been doing a math minor because I never was going to let math go. But once I figured out engineering was a thing, I was like, oh, I think that's where I'm supposed to be. So it felt natural to me. It was more so what other people were saying or look at how everybody else was looking at me like, girl, that's the dumbest fucking idea that you could ever have in your whole life. Like, what? what, Why would you do that? You know, especially by me being so close, because, you know, there's people who and it's no shade to anybody. However, you decided to go your path is is your your choice. But like some I didn't want to be that person was like, oh, well, then I just went gen ed because I didn't like my major or whatever. I wanted to really find what I could identify with. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was, I knew like, okay, this is a better decision. This is a better path to go. And it was more so dealing with how I had to socialize that to people that I knew and um, everybody that was around me. So even after switching to engineering, um, and I guess because... I live this story with you. Um, I know you even changed within engineering. Can you tell us a little bit about um, that aspect of finding like what your true niche was and like, I guess kind of like that thought? Yeah. So originally I was an industrial engineering major. Um, which to be, us. I didn't, well, I did, leave, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the thing was I took, so I was luckily for me because I was already taking all my math classes. By the time I got into engineering, I was pretty caught up as far as prereqs go. So I was able to start taking professional classes or getting right into the thick of like the engineering curriculum. And I remember what I took, um, What's the one class that you do time studies in? Uh, work design. Uh, yeah, yeah, work design. And so when I got into the, in the industrial engineering, I thought I, I was doing work design. Work is the best class ever, but go ahead. You love work design. <laughs> I, I was just like, um... Girl, that's when you learn how to tell everybody what to do right there. 
Oh I was like, God. can I get some equations to solve or <laughs> am I going to like mess around with some materials or like I realized that it was an industrial program and not a manufacturing program. So mm-hmm. everything was a lot more um, on the management side and nothing was really on the like the manufacturing engineering side. So mm-hmm. that's when I was like, OK, well, let me see what other classes are out there. Um, and I don't even remember what it really was, but something about it. I was like, maybe I should be mechanical because I like to build stuff and da 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 da. And everybody was like, oh, girl. <laughs> like, that's a struggle major. We don't go over there. That's the major oh, that dude. everybody leaves. Like at our school, mechanical engineering had that. That was the one that everybody would just drop out of. Like you would go from mechanical to industrial, not the other way around. So I went from a music major to industrial engineering to like mechanical engineering within the time frame of a year. But I was really just trying to find what could I identify with. So I was looking at each different discipline and trying to understand as much as I could about what were the key skills that I was going to use. And I even used the, the prereq classes to give myself an indication. Like I was like, hmm, I liked statics. I liked physics one. So I liked, you know, like differential equations and this thing and that thing. Like I liked trig. So I looked for which major actually heavily emphasized the classes that I liked. And I avoided the majors that did the exact opposite. Like Mm -hmm. chemistry. I was like, nope. Guess I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like physics two. They came in with the circuits and stuff. I was like, "Mm." Oh my God. No. Flashbacks. <laughs> Shit. Oh man. Hmm. So I guess now, because I feel like your coding journey is different than a lot of people um, in, like, in, I guess I would say the tech world. Like a lot of people. So, like, now it's more popular for people to be like, I learned this non traditional way of coding. And that's how I got into the community. And then you have other people that's like, well, I went to school for computer science. And Girl, so like, I I talk about that. Because <laughs> I remember when you popped up with this idea, like, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to stop doing this and then I'm going to get this job. And I was like, you know me, like, I'm all rah-rah for my friends. And I'm like, I don't know about this, but, <laughs> you know, you sound real passionate about it. So, like, go for it. And if you get hungry, call me, okay? Um, Dude, I feel like everybody was like, um, that don't, okay. But you know what? You seem like you really know what you're talking about or you seem like you really gonna try to make this happen. So we just gonna ride it out with you and see mm-hmm. how it goes. That was so like, if you know me, like I'm gonna support my friends, but like I'm gonna be that person that check in and be like, uh, is your light still on? Did you eat? <laughs> Do you need some help? Like, I just want to make sure you still good over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, well... Okay, I got into coding. Well, when I first took a little computer science class, I hated it. Like, I think I got a B plus or like an A minus in that class. And I still said I would never program again. So I have all types of feelings about how programming is taught in the university. Um, Because I said I literally would never code again. And now I do it full time. What happened was I did an internship at a coding boot camp. And that was how I got exposed to tech. Because like, even though engineers can work in both kind of like industries, they're, they're, the culture is very different. So once I got into um, working for the coding boot camp, I was like seeing all these classes and sitting in on classes. And like, I realized it wasn't as complicated as it seemed like it was. Like, not to say that it's not a complicated field to get into, but the way that they approached it in the university was so painful. I didn't feel like I learned anything and I didn't have any confidence coming out of it. And nobody was around to be like, it's okay. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that's how you're supposed to feel. Or like, you know, there wasn't any support there. So when I started like sitting in on classes and everything, I was like, oh, I know. I actually understood what they said like the whole time. And I'm really interested in that. And I was never intending to really just like, do that quick pivot and go into software. It was really out of necessity that made me decide to 
go out and try to take a boot camp and try to get myself like a full-time job because there was so much going on financially at the university. Like a lot of people didn't know all the stuff that I was going through and how it was just like every single semester, my money was disappearing. I was still having to have, having a bill. Um, I ended up having like a whole little mental breakdown and everything throughout the course of maybe two years. And all I was trying to do, I was still was trying to, you know, pass my classes and stuff. And I just got tired of not being able to take care of myself, not knowing how I was going to get treated or if I was going to have to fight every single semester. I was tired of doing that. And I didn't think my mental um, capacity was there. And so I just came up with another plan. I was like, well, what else can I do? And I just really thought about like how... I knew people were completely changing their careers. I helped people completely change their careers just by going through a coding boot camp. So I'm like, as the type of person that I am, y'all know, I, I would like to take more control over some over a situation than just sit around and let stuff happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I just decided like, you know what, what if I actually go and get a full-time job and then I can pay for my own schooling? But if, you know, like the not being able to take care of myself was just not something that I was able to live with. And I was just struggling too much. Um, and I felt like the university wasn't given the right amount of support. So that was what really, that was what pushed me to go and learn as much as I could and start trying to make money on the side. And then just deciding to, um, I decided to take a boot camp um, to really solidify my knowledge. That was more so for my own, um, confidence. And then I was like, you know what, if the first thing I do is get an internship, an internship, I will still be making like $11 an hour and Mm -hmm. working full time, you know, I would have campus housing, um, all of this other stuff. So I had a plan and I knew even my bare minimum plan was better than the situation that I was in. Um, so that was pretty much the, the, um, like inspiration behind everything. I really do enjoy programming, but to me, it was a out, it was a, it was a way to take control over a situation that really wasn't healthy for me and really wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you were just talking about like building confidence. So I know a lot of people who are like very, very hesitant when it comes to coding myself included. Um, because in electrical engineering, you have to take courses in like C++ and not Java, um, but I did take an algorithms course. So that's more C++ and, you know, shit like that. We don't really do any other languages unless like you're doing that concentration at the end. Um, so I would say like, you know, besides you doing the boot camp, like what else would you tell people who want to get into coding? But they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I only know how to like type in like Google or YouTube or Pornhub, whatever. You know, <laughs> off. But like, how do you really start getting into coding if you're interested wow. in it? But, Wait, you know, so I was over here like YouTube, <laughs> Google. Okay, because I was like, <laughs> I remember having this conversation with Jessica on the way to the studio. And I was like, how do you just know what to do? Because like you, you know. said, I took horrible coding courses. Mm-hmm. And I was asked my teacher like, how how do you know it's supposed to be a loop right there? Like, right. how do you know where the fuck the combo go? <laughs> like, he like, well, you just know. And I'm like, no. Like, it's not like walking where, you know, you see your mama walk on two legs as a baby and you're like, oh shit, well, maybe I should get on two <laughs> legs too. Like, it's not like that. So the secret was like, well, you can Google things, you know, to you know see what other people did or like spice it up or see what's out there but when you said that's where I thought she was going with it as well I did too (laughs) no because I mean you know usually people use computer to you know go through the internet go to the regular sites watch shit you know social media whatever the fuck but like like Like, how do you get started yeah like how do you get started and then how do you keep up that momentum to like build up your confidence in a programming language that you may have never experienced before yeah. Um, a lot of it, programming is one of those things where you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the scariest part. And I think that one of the things that helped me was to know that it was okay to feel 
like a little bit like a fish out of water because it's not very often that we learn how to start something from scratch. Once we get to a certain age, we're used to having some kind of baseline. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you start out in programming, because you don't know the syntax or the structure of the language, and then you're also learning how to use the language, you mm-hmm. don't realize like, it's natural to feel like that. Like, okay. So for me, um, I took as many different types of workshops and like just went through as much material online as I could. There's a lot of good um, resources that I can put um, in the episode um, notes, but I spent a lot of time learning, but then I tried to build the project. So I remember I did this web, this web development class with um, one of the guys who's like, has always been a great mentor for me. And this was like my first time really getting to, to um, getting into web development. And I took this class and he had us doing projects. And so it was like, okay, once you learn how to do a thing, once you learn how to make a button, now you need to make a page where you make a button. And it was like, we had these projects that we had to do. And a lot of times other people, they were not doing their projects. They weren't actually putting that extra time in. Whereas for me, every single thing that we had, like I had a portfolio at the end of the class because I built every single project, every little lab, I built it. And it's mostly the experience you need to get your hands on it. Um, it's almost like like um, construction or something. You can't just learn construction by watching other people. And then just like, if you never touch anything, you know, you can only go so far with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's definitely, you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty because that's the only way you're actually going to learn. Um, and like Elena was saying, sometimes the instructor was probably saying, oh, you just know, but it's not that you just know, it's that you get the experience. You use a hammer a bunch of times and then you like, okay, I know to use a hammer in this situation mm-hmm. versus a wrench in this situation. Yeah, That's the same way that you learn in programming. And I think that actually building the projects is where I got my confidence from. Um, I took on freelance projects, like really, really, really tiny, simple freelance projects for people that I knew. And that was a little bit scary, but that was how I got the experience and the confidence that I needed. I would just keep making something a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And once you actually make the thing, you're like, yes, I'm the shit. Like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because like my algorithms professor, because I, you know, you put like, you know, the double backslash or whatever, forward slash, and then you can put it in like a comment. Mm-hmm. That's all I was doing for my homework. I'm like, bro, I got here. I don't know what the fuck is happening next, <laughs> but like, this is what I expect. So I think if you have a good, you know, it doesn't have to be a professor, but someone who's just willing to walk you through it, if they can just encourage you and you can explain like, yo, like I know it's up here. I just don't know how to like type all that shit out, you know, mm-hmm. to like make it not break every time I'm trying to run the program. I think that's that's good as well. Cause then after he would get my homework, he'd be like, Oh, okay. You could do it like this or like this or like different ways. Yeah. You know, just trying to match my way of thinking or how I was trying to go about it. So I think like you're saying, definitely experience. And then you also need like the right people to be like, you know what, like mm-hmm. try it this way, try it that way, you know, stuff like that. I had two major like mentors that hyped me the fuck up. Okay. Like they were always constantly telling me like, oh, you're doing so amazing. Like this is so good, blah, 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 blah. And I needed that. Like Mm -hmm. um, there's the concept of imposter syndrome that happens a lot in software because in software, a lot of times you're solving a problem that you never, you never did that exact thing before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be very overwhelming for people because it's easy to feel like I could be an imposter. Everybody's going to find out in those types of situations. So having those mentors who were willing to answer my questions, to help me out, to give me feedback, and most importantly, to hype me up, like that helps so much because it helps just kind of solidify if you're going in the right direction. Um, Because a lot of times, especially if you're doing like a self guided route, you really have no idea. At least in university, they're like, you take this class and then you take this class and then you graduate. When -hmm. you're doing it on your own, you're just really trying to figure all of that out at the same time. So I really, really um, needed those mentors that were there for me throughout the the journey. And 
they were able to give me all the feedback that I needed to know if I was going on the right path and if I needed to pivot. And I was comfortable to talk to them about everything, even if it was about going back to school or whatever the case may be. So um, I I really value having had that. And um, those are people that I still look up to now and still reach out to now and say, hey, like, how's it going? Or I have a question for you and it will always be there. Okay. So another question I have is, so I work with our software team who's like based in Mexico a lot. So how many monitors do you have? <laughs> I know you're like, looking like Penelope on Criminal right, Minds because, with like, like five screens around. No, because like I'll go to like other customers and, never, and like some of them have like the, the vertical one. You got you the vertical one, you got the horizontal one, you got a little tiny one, you got like all kinds of shit. So I just wanted to know Or do how you just have wrong. like the big one, like the one yeah. at my job, they got the big, it looked like a TV screen, but it got like a curve. Oh like, yeah, I know what you're so, talking about. Yeah, yeah. And they, they I just got stuff all across. I'm like, oh. I'm not going to deal with y'all. <laughs> at work, normally we have two, but that's because we pair program. So we have two very large monitors, um, one for each person. At home, right now, I currently have a ultra wide and two regular monitors. Right. But I usually only use yeah, my ultra like, like DPD uh dispatch. Shut up. <laughs> Shut. I know nah. to be looking in my window like what is she now you know DPD only got the one little rinky dink monitor <laughs> from the fucking nineties and shit. <laughs> but you need to be able to split screen stuff. So right. you always need at least like if you get one ultra wide or if you get like a big enough monitor you can split screen. That's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like at my job, I have like my laptop screen and then I have like an external monitor. And even then, sometimes that's not enough because I'm trying to do like multiple things and I hate clicking back and forth and shit, and especially when we were like learning how to code. You know, you're looking at something from Google that you pulled up because it's like, oh, yeah, that part really makes sense. And you're trying to, you know, fit into your code over here. And it's like, oh, my God. I have to side by side stuff like yeah. I stress people out because I put like I'll have multiple tabs. I will open four different co- like with editors at the same time. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm trying to trace something in the code. I'm like, I need to see this. And then I see that part and I see it go there and I see it go there because in my brain, I don't want to keep track of all that. Mm-hmm. So. I like to have as much screen real estate as possible. But yeah, we do got, we, we, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie and say I really need it. I so, mean, like, I feel like whatever helps you, like you said, like keep track of all that shit. Cause it's a lot of fucking code. Like sometimes I only like. get, right. Sometimes <laughs> I only get a screenshot of what our software team is trying to explain to me. And I'm like, yo, I know. And it's like line, 7,000 or some bullshit. I'm like, Girl. oh my God. Or you can be like my company and we use microservices. So instead of line 7,000, it would be like microservice number 323. Like mm-hmm. we have like, like on my team, I think I want to say we have 20 plus services at, at like sometimes like mm-hmm. I could even be exaggerating, but it feels like it like a bunch of mini services. So then I'm like, oh wait, and then how did that service interact with that one? And then how did that one interact with that one? You got to trace shit through your system. I've never heard of Microsoft services. All I keep hearing about is Teams. No, microservices. Oh, okay. Got you. Microservices are, instead of having one big giant application, you mm-hmm. have a bunch of smaller applications that can communicate with each other. So you can take the functionality, different pieces of functionality out. Mm-hmm like a checkout you can have a website and you can have a checkout process on your website or you could take the checkout process out and you can have one service just go and request data or um, receive data from the checkout service so you can basically break your whole application up so it's kind of like having like sub functions all Mm -hmm. talking to each other okay Mm -hmm. Okay. Elena, like, uh. She quiet as hell. <laughs> like, like, girl, because I know this ain't got shit to do with me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I told I already told y'all about my horrible experience trying to code in, in the class that I needed for it. Wait, uh, which class was it? Girl, I took C. Oh. At Community College. I took C. It was a horrible experience. Like, 
I, I've never, like, you know, I'd be lost sometimes. Like, I, I could be lost and guess my way out of the hole. I was lost the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally had to go to, like, my teacher and be like, so this is the last class I need to graduate. Like, it was my last class to graduate. Like, I had already walked. I literally just had to fulfill this, like, uh, elective requirement. And I was like, I just need this to get my degree from a four-year university. Can you please pass me? Like, I, I don't even. I will never right. go ever again. I don't even go to this school. I am a guest student. Please let me out. It. I don't even live here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me out. And I had a hella far commute because the only campus that offered it was oh, the campus. Oakland? No, the campus that was in Belleville. So I was working in like Royal Oak full time and driving all the way to Belleville like two or three times a week for class. I didn't even know we had that shit out there in Belleville. There is a Wayne County um, beautiful campus in Belleville. Damn. Yeah. Nancy. All right. Sure. So I want to talk to you, Jessica, about jobs because like people get these skills in tech. And I know just from being around you, the whole hiring process is like different. It's, it's Yeah. Yeah. Like for engineers, we, you submit a resume, you talk to somebody at like a career fair on the phone. They ask you some stars questions, like how you handle this? Because they figure as an engineer, like we could teach you all the other things when you get here. But just being around you and I know you've done a little bit of interviewing and stuff like that. And I'm not saying like a little bit like to minimize it, but I was like, girl, I'm stressed out and I'm not even the one looking for the <laughs> I'm just like in the Elena, room. Elena was, um, Elena was with me sometimes when I was doing interviews. I was hand, I was hosting interviews for people. So she could oh, hear like the sure. whole interview. She just, she could hear me like asking questions about, you know, how do you solve this problem? And like, okay, well, why did you do this thing right here? And like, why did you take this approach versus that approach? Or they were coding interviews in particular. The well, thing about... the What are the, I guess, the components of a coding interview? Um, it can be a few different things. So there are... Um, a lot of people try to do more of the... Um, basically, the idea is let's see what you know and like how do you approach solving problems and do you have a basic grasp of like programming fundamentals um and then depending on how experienced you are would determine like how much information or how much polish they're trying to see out of you um so a coding interview could go a few ways you could have a whiteboard interview which most people are really uncomfortable uncomfortable with but a whiteboard interview would be you're asked to solve a problem and you only have like a whiteboard and a marker. So you don't have the text editor or the IDE to help you with, you know, syntax or anything like that. You just basically kind of coding with a pen. Um, And you can have a regular coding interview, which will be, you actually have some kind of editor or something, you have your computer. And then sometimes even then you might be allowed to use the internet or not allowed to use the internet. Mm-hmm. And then another version of a coding interview is you can have a take-home, which I prefer take-homes. Um, oh, yeah. A, a take-home is when they would give you a problem or something that you have to build, and then you would have a certain amount of time to get it back to them. Um, sometimes you can have more than one in the same interview process. So like at my company, you would do, um, you would submit a resume, you would get like a call from a hiring manager And then you would do a coding challenge. So that would be like a timed coding challenge where you have to solve like two problems or three problems. And then you get graded like by the system. And then if you pass that, you would come on site and you would do like a day long interview with us. And the day long interview, when I interviewed, it was I pair programs with one person in the morning. I pair programs with another person in the afternoon. So it's like pretty much a day in the life. Um, And those were some of the forms of like coding interviews that I did for my current job. Um, It's, it can be pretty stressful because you, it's just you and that person um, or it's just you and the computer. Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of practice that goes into it. Like I think a lot of people don't realize um, you can really prepare yourself 
by practicing problems, there's like a lot of common things that people are kind of looking for. Like, um, you know, when I was when I was doing interviews for Hacker Fellows and I was interviewing interns and fellows, I wanted to see if they could use the language appropriately. Like, did they know how to program, even if they didn't have everything down packed? If I was to give them feedback, could they incorporate that? Could I say like, oh, you missed a parameter? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I know what a parameter is. Let me look where the parameters go and put something there. No, like, like you what know, is that? Like, huh? <laughs> or they put some, or they do something random, right? So I'm looking for, do you have a basic command of the program language? And then I was looking for, even if you don't know how to solve the problem, can you take feedback from me? Can we work together on the problem? Can you kind of like, if I guide you along, how mm-hmm. much help do you, do you need? And then can you answer why you made certain choices about your code? Those were like the, uh, some of the main things that I felt like people tend to look for in a coding interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. I could talk about coding interviews for like forever. <laughs> yeah, I actually did one for um, Chase like last year where they were like, you know, just here's a, a problem we want you to solve. We want, it was like something like uh, it was a loop uh like a while loop where it's like oh you know i want you to count down from this number and like decrement every loop or some some you shit like that loop and my heart just started racing <laughs> <laughs> no, i went to go get my oximeter like... yeah so i mean it was it was in um you could choose the language you wanted to code in and i still fucked that up because i was like yeah i remember c sharp i did not remember c sharp so like um but yeah it was like but it was just you and your computer and mm-hmm. it was like a time limit. I think you had like, I think you had like maybe it was either 25 or 45 minutes, one of the two. Okay. But they, gave you, they gave you a long time to like really try to figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Fear. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. Like you just. It's just like any it. other types of interviews. You right. have to practice. Like some people are cannot just talk off the top of their head. Even when you know the stars method, you walk up in there and you just be saying stuff and they're like, okay, I'm not sure you <laughs> ever actually answered the question, but mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, no, so, you just got to practice. With tech, well, STEM in general, you know, lacks Black women and diversity. And I know tech is like the pits with it. So like what, um, I know like diversity is one of your major, um, I would say passions. Uh, What are you doing to contribute to increasing Black women. Increase the number. I know. I, was, I, I definitely was, was like, <laughs> increase the number. Like, I oh had to stop myself. I was like, ah. I'm in a fucking cult, bro. That's that, oh that, that Nesby <laughs> cult, y'all. Indoctrinated and shit. Like, <laughs> you like to drop your mic so you can stand right, up. Stand up and shit, That's right? funny. <laughs> um, so one of the major organizations I'm involved with now is called Girl Develop It. Um, what I've done in, with Girl Develop It has been teaching mentoring um, and hosting events to help women get into technology. Um, That's our biggest focus with Girl Develop It. That's one of the major organizations. There's also just like volunteer opportunities like um, Black Girls Code or um, just in general, I tend to teach a lot and all of my teaching for the most part is geared towards either helping people that have no technical background, no traditional STEM background getting into um, into tech or people who are, you know, like Black women, Black people in general, like people of color, um, women in particular. So those are the things I'm really, really passionate about. Um, like right now with Girl Develop It, with everything that's going on, um, this year I'm on the board. Um, our board of directors as the chapter leader representative. Um, yeah, I'm out here. me. Okay, <laughs> damn. I'm on the board of directors and shit, bitch. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, this year, my biggest goal has been, um, I've been helping to launch our virtual classes. And um, even in the midst of the crisis and everything that's going on, we want to support our community and help people, especially if people are trying to gain those skills mm-hmm. that they feel like would help them come out as a better um, position, better um, at the end of this, those are the types of people that we want to support. So we've been doing 
virtual classes, like a few a week. Um, some of them I've taught, some of them I've just um, supported the instructors and kind of like been onboarding people and figuring out what the curriculum looks like and stuff like that. So um, that's one of my biggest passions right now that pretty much takes up all of my time. I'm like, how are we, how are we in quarantine and some people don't got nothing to do? And then people like me out here like, girl, my schedule is full still. Listen, I just, I sign in like I'm here. I do a couple emails. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then I go and play some games or I'm cooking, taking a nap, whatever. So, I mean, but I feel like, I don't know. Like, I want to, like, learn the whole Python thing because a couple of my friends are trying to learn it, right? And I feel like in this day and age, it's so, it's almost, it's damn near a necessity, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you know some type of language, either you, you're familiar with it or you've, you actively, like, code in it, you know? And so, um, what's the name? What was it? Harvard? Yeah, Harvard's giving, like, free courses and, like, programming and stuff like that. So, I feel mm-hmm. like if you don't, or if me, I have social anxiety. I don't want to, like, be face-to-face with somebody, right, if I'm struggling with some shit. Because I'm stubborn. I'll be like, no, fuck you. I got it. And then I'm, like, <laughs> struggling. But, like, no, they're offering classes in, like, coding and everything. It's so, so many opportunities right now. Like, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of platforms are making some of this stuff free mm-hmm. that would normally be paid. Like, um, for us, if you say you need a scholarship, you just need a scholarship. Like, but even still, our classes are very affordable. And that's something that's important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like uh, somebody just did a 12-hour class. So it was like 200 and something dollars. It was like... You just went through a whole like slew of material. You did a project. You had a teacher working with you one on one, and it was a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. versus going to a boot camp or you know some of these other resources that are online. So you can get in for free. You can pay, you know, a small fee. You can. It's like there's such a broad range. Um, there's nothing really stopping you if you have access to the internet and you have a decent computer to work on, even without being able to code directly on your computer. I'm like, I can tell you resources where you can code online without mm-hmm. even, you know, even if your computer can't necessarily handle it yet. So there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot um, of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, what better time than now if you've been like interested in it, you know? Yeah. If you sitting home chilling, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you still working. i'm not gonna say nothing but um no it's it's like it's really good that you know people are actually like stepping up you know because everything like you're saying is going virtual and it's like well we still want to teach people we still want people to get excited about this stuff so yeah and take advantage of the opportunity man Mm -hmm. it's no time like the present so is it like girl develop it or like women develop it it's called girl develop it even though I mean, like, can women get in there if they're not girls? Or is it just for the girls? It's for women in particular, actually, even though it's called Girl Develop It. Yeah. It's like Girl Develop It. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, because I was thinking, you know, like, Black Girls Code is Mm -hmm. for, like, you know, the younger girls and shit. Yeah, we always have the question of whether we would change our name because that's a little misleading. What? Yeah. I don't know. Adult women develop it. Right. That's the thing. But no, Girl Develop It is primarily focused on women 18 and up that are interested in learning about technology or getting into coding overall. Okay. So is it like a comma after girl? It's just Girl Develop It. Okay. Damn. All right. (laughs) Ah, shit. My laptop dying. No. (laughs) Um, Good job, Kayla. Shut up. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I, I had another question. Okay. So like, do you get challenged more on how you code because you're a woman or is it kind of like y'all just go at each other because y'all just all in here coding and shit? I think people just go at each other in general. I'm not okay. going to say that there's not, not, there's not toxic environments out there because there definitely are. For mm-hmm. me personally, the jobs that I've had, I've never had to necessarily feel like somebody was coming for me just because I'm a woman. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't play that shit. So <laughs> there's that. Like, I feel like when people know not to try you, 
because I've, so for example, I've definitely worked with a person before that was an asshole and that looked down on another coworker because they felt like they were lesser than, but funny enough, that same person never, ever tried me. And I wish he would have tried me. And when he used to try my coworker, who was another, actually another white male, when he used to try my coworker, I would be like, I'm sorry. He would be like, oh, what do you think? And I'll be like, well, what did he say? Whatever he said. That's it. Like, I don't understand. Like you're sticking together. A girl. Don't bring that he over knew, Because he knew more than we both did. And that was the most fucked up part. And was like, so there's, there's definitely those people who want to feel like superior and they, I don't think that it's just a boys thing. I think that it's just a general thing. Um, it's a lot of pissing contests sometimes. And you don't want to be in those environments. For me, it's very important to really be comfortable at the company that I work for. And that was an extremely important part of the interviewing process when I was, um, when I was going through my fellowship. So I've been in my company for almost two years now. And I don't regret it at all. Everything that I was looking for in the company, I got out of them. But I was very, very intentional in the interviewing process, making sure that it was a safe, a safe place for me to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like, like you're saying, like, it can turn into like a pissing contest, you know, like, oh, like, I know this so many syntaxes and like, you know, setups and shit like that. Or, or I've been coding for this many years or how we talked about earlier, like. You know, I didn't learn it the traditional way, whatever, and shit like that. So, I mean, I don't know, but that can be, like, with anything, you know. But I feel like because it's coding and coding is such a integral part of a lot of shit that we have in the world, you know. It's kind of like, you know, how competitive do motherfuckers get within the People same People love, company? oh, God, oh, God. It, the fun thing is when the it's not the people who are super competitive that that are scary. It's the people who are the exact opposite, the ones who just like genuinely like to write complicated shit and like to always <laughs> introduce new shit and then just be like, "Can you stop?" But they can't. They can't. They have so much fun <laughs> and they want you to learn it too. And they just like you making my brain hurt every day, every mm-hmm. single day. Like I'm not there with you. Because, like, you know, when I go home, sometimes I don't code. Sometimes I do other things. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm one of those people where there was definitely a time when all I did was code. Sun up to sundown. But now I'm at a point where I want to run my groups. I want to do my streaming. Like, you know, I want to do other things that Mm -hmm. doesn't involve me constantly um, programming. And so... I do feel sometimes like I'm trying to keep pace with my coworkers because some of them like that's they shit. Like that's what they do all day, every day. And I can't, I can respect that. And a lot of them are always open to teaching the things that they learned and everything. It just be like, when I go home, sometimes I don't want to work on projects. Sometimes I want to work on other things. I have other things that fulfill me and I like to be balanced. Um, Mm -hmm. Y'all know I like to try any and everything. So I can never really just be that person that's constantly programming 24-7. But, I mean, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Truly, because, mm-mm. <laughs> you know. Like, I like software. I like seeing how shit works and how someone, like, interprets what you wanted to do and how they write it out. But, like you said, like, day in and day out, no. Just. I don't even want to write programs for the rest of my life. Like, I... I am trying to get the experience that I want in order to be able to move up a level one abstraction layer away from programming. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like to be able to consult and tell people like, oh, you should make your, you should make this kind of application and this is the language that you should use and blah, 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 blah. And then mentor other people through the building process. But like, mm-hmm. I don't actually want to, like I'm getting to a point where I don't care as much about programming as I do about how do all the pieces fit together. You don't want to do the daily shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand that. So I'm I'm getting there. Either how do all the pieces fit together or education, the educational side, like teaching other people how to use the technologies and how to build stuff with the technologies. Mm -hmm. Those are the two areas that I'm pretty interested in now. Okay. 
Shit, I'm reevaluating my whole life now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like you just get really kind of like stuck in a rut of things sometimes. And it's like you're just trying to maintain shit. But it's like, you know, what are you doing now that you want to help push yourself? I mean, but you've been there for two years. So like now you're hitting the millennial itch. Right. Two and five years. (laughs) You'd be like, all right, what's next? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Got something new. And I've been on my team for a while. We typically rotate. I've been on my team for a year and a half almost, which is a long time to be on one team. So Mm. I'm just to that point where I'm like, okay. I know it, it was just like math with math. I got to a point where I knew I was like, okay, I know as much as I want to know. Now let me use it. Once they started trying to teach me, like I had to prove that two was an even number. I was like, Nope, don't care that much. This is where wait, I get wait, off. Wait, wait, what? There was Girl. a class. It was like theoretical. It was like, I think they called it advanced calculus or something. You literally have to prove like, you write proofs about sets of numbers and like this set is even, but how do, like I have to prove that the set is even or odd or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Kayla, I'm going to send you a proof. It, yeah. it is so complex. Like I took a proof class one summer and I want to gouge my eyeballs out because I'm like, I don't get it. It don't make no sense. Like it's like if, if X is odd and X plus one is even and then you have to use like oh x plus one works all the time which mm-hmm. means that odd is x and x plus one is even and it's just like why why i had to do proofs <laughs> in high school because i took ap calc and that was damn near the majority of the class and i didn't even learn about the calc shit no like we had to do proofs we had to do proofs in ap calc i had to do proofs in uh geometry fuck geometry oh my god like shapes never pissed me off so much in my life not even the shapes what's them bitches called the parallelograms and shit where it's like you got the angles and you have to oh, like, all the angles and yeah stuff. You, I, oh you talking oh about like god. the sine and cosine and tangent no that that was fine oh you like okay. told shit was fine it was more so proving that like the degree opposite like, angles and shit yeah. are the same within like a, a, a drawing and shit mm. that shit pissed me off I'm like, who? you clearly know the truth. Like, why do I have to fucking prove it to you? Like, it's already fat. Like, why am I sitting here making some shit up to prove it to you when we already know what it is? Like, oh, God. No, I can't. I can't do that shit. Mm-mm. So Ooh. I would say um, in closing, what would be your piece of advice for a Black woman looking to go into tech or that is in tech like my main piece of advice um I would say that it's the biggest thing is your mentality don't that imposter syndrome thing stops a lot of people from moving forward and to me the biggest thing is like to always have positive self-talk for yourself like you you could, you have the ability more than anybody else to influence your own thinking. And if we're constantly telling ourselves we can't do it, we can't do it, like there's nothing good that can ever come from that. So I would say that like focusing on your, your mindset and constantly like empowering yourself is one of the most like crucial things more than learning syntax, more than building projects, because you'll never even get that far if you're like, if you feel too afraid or too inferior to do the thing. Um, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of organizations where you can find other women that are, you know, into programming or into tech that would be glad to like get to know you or, you know, I'm just one of those people too. So like follow me on LinkedIn or whatever. Um, but definitely find a good support group. That was so lovely. Right, I'm up here like, damn, I need to tell myself <laughs> tell that I'm the shit. That you <laughs> are the shit. Like, <laughs> right. what, what could go wrong by you telling yourself that you the shit? Nothing, nothing. But what can go right, though? So many things. Yeah. I'm like, I could definitely not be the shit, but what if I am the shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have been able to talk about 
my little world or whatever, because programming is like, uh, it's a thing. It's a lifestyle. Girl, all I know is that programmers be typing fast and I be intrigued. <laughs> of all the things. Yes, girl. <laughs> oh we also I, I like really it. clicky keyboards. I was going to say that. And then like, it, it don't let you be a programmer with nails, girl. I'll be out here like, oh my God, look at that. Clack. Clack me clack. Yes. Like it's so intriguing. And I think it's very interesting. Like granted, like it is called a language, but just seeing people like that know what to do. And like when you describe something, like I'd be describing stuff to Jazika, like, oh, can we do this on the website? And she'd be like, Yeah, you could just do that, da, da, da. And I'd be standing there with a blank face, but I'd be like, But she'd be like, She said yes. She said yes. It's all that matters. You sure we sure can do that. Like, okay, all right. So do you have any, um, I'm, I just went blank. Resources. Resources. Yes. <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. Um, Girl Develop It is one I'm really passionate about. So just putting it out there, girldevelopit.com. Um, I am, uh, have been a chapter leader for a few years now and I'm on the board this year. Um, so I'm always happy to answer questions or talk to people about any of the classes that we have going on. And then there's plenty of good resources online if you want to get started in programming. So uh, freecodecamp.com is one that I really love. There's one called teamtreehouse.com if you're actually interested in um, a monthly subscription that's worth it. Um, And I have like a thousand other resources. (laughs) So I'll put some links in the video. uh, Or Why do I keep saying video, y'all? Because I mean, we're because doing we're video. video. <laughs> because we're your streaming setup, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes uh, so people can get started. And definitely, like, uh, add me on LinkedIn if you really want to know more and you feel like you just don't have anybody else to get the the insight from. And then you'll also post with your LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes, I'll post my LinkedIn. Great. All right, we made it. Woo. I'm right. a cold tonight. Not really. Maybe <laughs> tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Tuesday. Yeah. I'm surprised you ain't seen What's me in the email. Tuesday? <laughs> I had to check. <laughs> tomorrow is Tuesday. Yes. yes. Ooh, I girl. feel like Elena, like she said, it'd be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 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 <laughs> Tuesday, Monday. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Like, where's the weekend? It didn't Where's, come. Let me right. know. <laughs> I was on a whole ass conference call and I was like, yeah, when I sent you guys the procedure manual on a, uh, wait, <laughs> what's today? Shit. And they was <laughs> laughing. I'm like, dude, everything's blurring together. Oh my God. <sighs> but thank any, you, ma'am. Any, if anything else from you all? Oh, I'm, my 24 hour live stream for my birthday is on Thursday. May hey. Twitch.tv slash MetaDevGirl. I'm going from midnight to midnight. Are they, I mean, granted, this episode is going to come out on Friday, but... I'm going to put the links and stuff. But still, I'm always on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash MetaDevGirl, Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Unless you want to release it early on Thursday. It would have to come out on, like, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, people got to prep. Why didn't you tell me in time? Well, because yeah. it's going to start at midnight on um, Thursday. Yeah. See, when you said Thursday, I was thinking like Thursday morning. And I'm like, oh, that gives people time to listen to it and be like, oh, shit, let me get on Twitch. What are you going to be playing? I will be playing um, some Man of Medan, some Animal Crossing, some maybe some Borderlands or like Luigi's Mansion or something like that. Ooh. Luigi's Mansion. Yes. yes. And then I have um, a Raspberry Pi kit to build some shit. And um, I'm going to be doing, I'm a girl developer is doing like a, um, this workshop for something called BuildBox. BuildBox is basically a tool where you can build like video games, but I think you don't necessarily have to know how to program to use it. And so I'm going to sit in on that class and like, I'm also going to probably end up streaming that. And yeah, so I'll be doing a lot of gaming and a lot of coding. Shit, okay. and, oh, and then I might dye my hair at the end. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, oh she got God. 24 whole hours. I got 24 Bruh. whole hours. I'm already sleepy. <laughs> right. I feel like oh I need God. to shoot <laughs> Right. You don't see me rubbing my eyes and shit. Like, oh my God. Well, I'm stressed out. 
It should be fun. I just got to get me some sleep in. I'll probably jump on at like five in the morning because I obviously wake up at the crack of fucking dawn. I'll be like, hey, girl, and I'm going to go back to sleep. (laughs) That's cool. I'm just looking for whatever support. If people can come and hang and just say hi. You know, being quarantined on my 30th birthday is exactly the opposite of what I was imagining this year was going to be. So (laughs) I'm just trying to keep going and not let it get me down. You got it, girl. At least you're doing something good for charity for your birthday. Yes, I am streaming for St. Jude. Yeah. Yay. So we made it. We did it. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> um, so as always, if you want to reach us, uh, we can be found at she to stem on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, our email address, you know, drop us some questions. Tell us how you feel. You got a topic you want to hear about. You can also do that there. And that's also she to stem at gmail.com. Two as in T O O O O. She said T O O O. I was so distracted by hearing somebody else say O after I said O. I'm like, what? Did I, did I say O the second time? It's only two of them O's though. Two. Um. So yeah, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and also rate us and leave a comment. You know, the more you rate, the more we can get our show expanded and more people can hear about the glories of being a Black woman and loving STEM. Um, We don't have anything else. So until next time, deuces. Bye. Bye.